Wow. Thank you so much. Um, as Bill was saying, we're, we're kicking off a new series uh, today, or I'll be kicking off a new series, and uh, I've really been looking forward to this. It's, the series is entitled Life with the Spirit, and uh, we're going to be looking at the Holy Spirit, and uh, the Holy Spirit is, is one-third of the Trinity, and if, if you look in your Bible, um, you're not going to find the word Trinity, uh, but it's a word that's really helpful for us to get our wee brains around just how God reveals himself uh, in the Bible, and, and what I mean is that God is one God, but he's, re- he's revealed himself in, in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and, and you know, uh, if you were raised in the church, depending on what kind of church you were raised in, my hunch would be, and this is, you know, I'm generalizing a little bit, but my hunch would be that uh, you're either raised in a church where the Holy Spirit was forgotten, or you were raised in a church where the Holy Spirit uh, was, the, was the focus I know uh, the church I was raised in, I was taught to pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. But I really didn't hear about the Holy Spirit. In fact, I can remember as a kid, the only time I remember hearing about the Holy Spirit, uh, they referred to him as the Holy Ghost. And as a little boy, I'm like, no thanks. I already have a bedwetting problem. I don't need to uh, reach out to the Holy Ghost. You know, it just was a like, oh. But, uh, <laughs> um, but these next four weeks... We are going to be, like I said, looking at the Holy Spirit. And so let me just give you three reasons why we're, we're uh, going to be having this, this series. First one is this. If you, you know, when you look at the Bible and, and really the story of the Bible or the, uh, the progression of the Bible, this is in your notes. There's, what I see is there's like, there are these heavenly handoffs going on in the Bible. And, he, and here's what I mean. You know, all throughout the Old Testament, there's God the Father. He's engaging with people, and he's, you know, he's working with you know, his chosen people, the people of Israel, and that's going through the Old Testament. And as we move towards the New Testament, there's this handoff, if you will. It's like Jesus tag. You're in, Jesus. And then, you know, New Testament kicks off, and Jesus, born in a manger, comes to earth, and he comes both, you know, declaring and demonstrating the kingdom of God, the presence of God, the power of God, the activity of God, and Jesus, you know, completes his work on planet earth. He goes to the cross, and then he's resurrected three days later, and as he's getting ready to ascend back to heaven, it's, it's like there's another handoff. Tag, Holy Spirit, you're in. And really, until Jesus returns, we would, we're living in uh, uh, the age of the Holy Spirit, if you will. And what I don't mean is that God the Father and Jesus are just kicking back in the Bahamas right now. They're, of course, they're active, but there's a, there's a focus on the Holy Spirit. And, and so uh, in this series, we, you know, we're hoping that we're going to learn more about him. It's important that we know uh, more about who he is and, and just the work that he's doing uh, on planet Earth. So that's one reason. Another reason is that uh, we in the vineyard have a rich heritage when it comes to the Holy Spirit. And here's what I mean. This, this whole uh, practice of welcoming the Holy Spirit and doing our best to follow his, his lead and then celebrating uh, his activity in our midst. And uh, Mother's Day 1980 was a pivotal day in the vineyard movement. And, and what I mean is uh, John Wimber, who was the man that God used to uh, raise up the vineyard movement, John Wimber was pastoring a church, and he invited this young man who was, he was this young hippie named uh, Lonnie Frisbee. If that isn't a great name for a hippie, I don't know what is. Uh, I think his middle name was Flip Flop, but uh, that's not true, but don't Google that. But Lonnie Frisbee came to the church, and 
he spoke to the church, this young man, and at the end of his talk, he literally had everyone stand up and he prayed this, this simple little prayer. And he said, come, Holy Spirit. And what he meant by that prayer was, Holy Spirit, come have your way. Come do what you want to do. And as the story goes, literally all heaven broke loose. It just blew the church up in wonderful ways. And, and that day, that event has marked our movement. There is something in our DNA, that prayer, come Holy Spirit, come have your way. It's, it's part of who we are as a movement. So that's number two. The third reason why we're doing this series, uh, John 16, 7, uh, Jesus says to his followers, to the disciples, he says, uh, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to, to you. And Jesus is talking about when he's getting ready to ascend back to heaven. And when he says advocate, that's just another name for the Holy Spirit. Uh, Holy Spirit is referred to as advocate, counselor, comforter, helper. And Jesus is looking at his followers and he's going, look, it's for your good, you guys, that I disappear. I go away because when I do, the Holy Spirit is going to come. And whenever I hear that verse... What goes off in my mind is, I, is if I was standing there with the disciples, I would have put my hand up and said, well, actually, Jesus, no, I, I sort of disagree, but I, I don't think it's for our good because I can see you right now. like clearly see you. I can clearly hear what you're saying. And here's what I believe Jesus is saying in the scripture. He's basically saying, you guys don't get it yet. And he's thinking about uh, Acts chapter 2, Pentecost. In a little bit here, you're going to understand more what I'm talking about. But what I've called you to like, the, you know, what I, the people I've called you to be and, and the work that I've given you to do is going to be impossible without the Holy Spirit living in you, actually dwelling in you. And so as we get into this series, I know for some of you, and even looking out at your faces, I know so many of you here, and, and I know for many of you what I'm going to say and what we're going to say in this series will be a refresher. But my hunch is it'll be a much-needed refresher. For some of you, this may be uh, like new. It's like, whoa, I, didn't, I just didn't know this. And I think for many people, this series is going to light a fire in you, a, a wonderful fire, a good fire. Uh, my prayer for all of us is that at the end of this four weeks, uh, we're not only going to know more about the Holy Spirit, but we will have experienced his presence more than we ever have, and that there's going to be a much greater yes in our hearts towards him and what he wants to do in uh, and through us. So let me pray, and then we're going to uh, jump into this. Let's pray. So even uh, as we pray now, Holy Spirit, I'm like, so we're talking about you. And I'm so grateful, even as JT was leading, just, uh, just the sense of your presence, that you're a God who comes close. And, and so we, we pray that simple prayer of come, Holy Spirit. Come have your way today during this whole series. Come teach us more. Uh, renew our minds. If there's things about you that, we, that just aren't correct, renew our minds. Make us a people who are more in tune with you, more dependent upon you. Lord, I ask that you would come and way beyond my words that you would, uh, you would just have your way today. We welcome you here in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Hey, so I'm going to be jumping around through different texts, but, uh, so if you want to grab a Bible, by all means, feel free, uh, but the scriptures will be on the screen. And Lori, do you want to hit the other light, just so uh, I feel like it's a, a Peanuts cartoon. There are no faces in front of me. 
if anyone knows what peanuts is. But uh, so if you look at your notes or your outline, you're going to see that the word filled is being used over and over and over. And I just want to clarify something. As I go through my talk today, when I say filled, I'm referring to the Holy Spirit coming to live inside us, coming to dwell inside of us. And, but I'm going to be using the word two ways. I'm going to be using the word filled as when the Holy Spirit comes to live in us and dwell in us. And I'm also going to be using the word filled as this ongoing, and this is really our part in this, the ongoing yielding to the Holy Spirit that has been filled in us. Now, if that doesn't make sense, it will as we continue, but I'll, I'll do my best to be uh, precise. So number one in your notes is uh, who gets filled, right? Or, or who does the Holy Spirit indwell? And, you know, when we look at the Old Testament in the Bible, if uh, that question would be answered this way, who gets filled? The answer would be the people God chooses to empower for a certain task and for a certain time. And what I mean by that is this. When you look at the Old Testament, all through the Old Testament, there are just some, really some crazy stories where the Holy Spirit empowers people to do something. Right, to, for, for a task. And whenever I think of that, the first guy that comes to my mind is Samson. Right? If you're familiar with his story, over and over in his life, the Spirit of God comes on him for a task. Here's one example. Judges 14.6 says, The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, upon Samson, so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands. I picked that one because I thought that'd be a good teaser. You can go home and read that story today. But when you look at the life of Samson, over and over in his life, the Spirit of God comes on him, and he, you know, he's tearing up lions. He's whooping on Philistines. He's doing these superhuman things. But what you'll also notice in the story is that the Spirit of God would come on him, and then the Spirit of God would lift off of him. So we see in the Old Testament God, you know, the Spirit of God empowering people for a task. We see over and over in the Old Testament God, the Spirit of God coming on people, uh, uh, typically on prophets. When he had something he wanted to say to his people, you know, God, the Spirit of God would stir someone. First uh, Samuel 10, Samuel is, is saying to Saul, he says, Hey, the Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different per, uh, person. And so there's this theme or this, uh, uh, this, that, that we see throughout the Old Testament where the Spirit of God comes on people for a task, or, or whether it's to, to prophesy, but what we see is that this, this filling, this indwelling of the Holy Spirit, it's not permanent. It's just for the task or for the, for the, you know, for the moment. But then a little later on in the Old Testament, we uh, come to this, this uh, prophet named Joel. And God speaks through Joel about his future plans in regards to the Holy Spirit. It says this, Joel 2.28. It says, And afterwards I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And this, uh, Joel is prophesying down the road to Acts chapter 2, Pentecost, uh, that was soon to come. And, and we hear that, and I'm sure for some of you, because I know there's many studiers, you're like, I knew you were going to use that passage this morning. And, and so we hear that, and we're, we're really used to that. But we need to realize, in the, in the time of the people that heard this, that would have been pretty mind-blowing, to hear that God was going to pour his spirit out on all people, like on just anybody? Like, you're going to pour your spirit out on just some random guy or on a woman? 
You're going to pour your spirit on a woman, and ladies, don't take offense, but in those times, women were a little further down the, you know, the, I'll just keep going, but, but, uh, <laughs> but you're, are, like, you're kidding me? You're going to pour your spirit out on children? On children? On little boys and little girls? Right? You're going to pour your spirit out on, uh, on servants? See, remember, when you think of their history and all the stories they would have heard through the Old Testament, uh, primarily the people that the Spirit of God came on, these were like their heroes. Right? That's, and it's like they were like the Israelite elite, if you will. And there's this, almost this question of worthiness. Like, God's not just going to use anybody. He's not just going to pour himself into just anybody. And, you know, that got me thinking about, isn't that really that kind of thinking? That's so much the way of our world. That really is the way things function in our world. And, you know, like, we're, we're constantly being graded. Well, let me see. Where do you fit in? Right? Uh, and, and based on where you fit in or, you know, what level you are, that will determine what level of access you get. Right? And what I mean is, like, so you score, you know, this on the ACT. Oh, well, now you get access to these schools. Or you scored this on the ACT. Well, uh, just get a computer. You can go to an online school. Or, you know, like, it's like there's, it sort of determines in many ways. Or, I mean, your credit score. Your credit score either opens doors or slams them shut. Right? Well, you get this interest rate, or you get this interest rate. Or you, but we, we have a system in our world that's, that's sort of determining really what we are worthy of. And what I love about God is that that is so not the way he operates. That it's, you know, as I look at that passage in Joel 2, I, I, what I hear is God going, I want this for everybody. I want everyone to be filled with the Spirit of God. All people. And, you know, that doesn't mean, though, or this might be a good question based on what I just said. So does that mean since Acts 2, right, the pen, when, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, does that mean now that every human being on planet Earth is filled with, indwelled by the Spirit of God? Is that what I'm saying? Well, no, that's not what I'm saying. What it does mean is that everyone can be filled, indwelt by the Spirit of God. So then who gets filled? Well, Jesus answers it. John 7, 38 says this. It says, whoever believes in me, this is Jesus speaking, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. And what they're saying there is Jesus had not yet ascended to heaven. He had not yet made that handoff, that, you know, or tag, you're in, Holy Spirit. That hadn't happened yet. So, but answering the question, who gets filled? The person who gets filled is the person who puts their belief in Jesus. The person who recognizes their need for God. And then who, you know, who turns then to him and, and <clears throat> puts their faith and hope in in him. So it's believers that are filled with the Spirit of God, that are indwelt by the Spirit of God. Then number two, so if believers are filled, well, another good question would be, when are we filled? When are we filled? Or when does the Spirit come to dwell in us? And, you know, again, depending on what church you were raised in, or when we ask this question of when, typically you're going to get one of two answers. 
And the first one would be, you know, when are you filled? Well, you are filled, you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit the moment you say yes to Jesus, the moment you put your faith in him. Like, Jesus, I have a lot of questions, uh, but if, if what they say about you is true, well, then I'm in. That's really what it means to become a Christian, right? I'm, I'm, I'm betting it all on you for an, you know, a picture. And so, and so some would say that that's when a person is filled or indwelled by the Spirit, the moment you say yes to Jesus. But then there are other camps that would say, well, no, it's, it's something that happens after you say yes to Jesus. And both of them are basing their opinion, their convictions on what we see in the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, we really have examples of both uh, uh, of those sides. And here's, so here's one example of, 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 the, of this Holy Spirit filling and dwelling people at conversion. Acts 2.38 says this. It says, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, so if you're, you're walking away from Jesus, Jesus calls you by name, you turn around, you repent, you turn towards Jesus, what they're saying there is, right then, right now, you will receive, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, but then on the other side, Acts 8.14 says this, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God that they had believed, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So looking at both of those, you can understand why they would say, well, no, this is when it happens. Well, actually, no, this is when it happens. Well, what do we believe in the vineyard? We believe, when, when is someone filled? We believe all of the above and more. And, and here's what I mean. We believe that we are filled, we're indwelt with the Spirit at conversion, after conversion, and with ongoing fillings as we walk with Jesus. And here's where, the, the, what I said at the beginning about the, how I'm gonna use the word filling, here's where it really comes into play. Because when we say yes to Jesus, and, and the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, right, fills us, indwells us, we've now entered into a relationship. Right? I think we forget that. I think we've seen too many mo movies. Like, we think we just become a host. Like, hey, everybody. Like, it's like, that doesn't sound like him anymore. It's like, the Holy Spirit. Like, do you know what I mean? Have you seen the movies? Am I the only one that has seen those kind of movies? You know what I'm talking about? We're not just a host. God comes to live in us, and there's a partnership. There's a, there's, and so he indwells us. But here's where the other side. Now our part kicks in. Right, so we're indwelled with the Holy Spirit, but now, now is where uh, we now submit and yield to. There's this ongoing filling. And what I mean is, it's now we submit and yield to the Spirit of God who has indwelt us. And we, you know, we see an example of this uh, in, in Peter. Right? Acts chapter 2 is, is Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, just this awesome event. You know, the sound, sound of, of a rushing wind and flames on their heads and, and everyone's you know speaking in all these languages and 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 Peter was there and Peter would have at that time Peter would have been filled with the spirit he would have been indwelt by the spirit of God but why is it then a little bit later a couple chapters later in Acts 4 8 it says this it says then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them well wait a minute what does that mean it didn't take the first time does that mean that, you know, maybe, uh, uh, you know, it leaked out or something? 
right? Did he, why did Peter have to be filled again? Well, no. What I'm talking about is, is um, well, here's a picture. I once took an electronics course. Merle, I thought of you, actually, Merle, so don't laugh, okay, Merle, when I say this. But I remember that with electricity, electricity creates potential, right? There's potential. That's what it sounds like. And then, but in order for there to, in order for it to, there to be like something to happen, there has to be a, a, a like, and again, I failed the course, but that, <laughs> so don't write this down. Just rest for a bit. No, but, but in order for something to happen, a, a circuit has to create. Something has to happen to connect the potential to the thing that needs it, if that makes sense. That's really very deep, I know. But, but I think that's a helpful picture because when we're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, there's potential. But now it's our part, right? We, we get to choose each day. Will we close the circuit? Will we submit? Will, will we yield to the Spirit of God that indwells us? Because when we do, that's when something is going to happen. That's when things happen, is when we yield to him, when we submit to him. And, and you know, really, Paul is, is addressing this. He's, uh, he's talking to uh, the believers in, in Ephesus, and he's, and he's talking about how they live their lives. And he, and he says this in, in Ephesians 5.18. He says, uh, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And it's like, well, what, do you, what does that mean? Well, you know, Paul is talking about control. He's talking about what are you submitting to? What are you yielding to? Like, don't submit to alcohol. Because if you submit to alcohol, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to do damage in your life and in the lives of the people around you. Instead, submit to, yield to the Spirit of God who indwells you. He's talking to believers He's talking to people who have been filled and dwelt by the Holy Spirit. He's saying, now, you know, don't give, don't give yourself to that. Give yourself. Yield to the Holy Spirit. And, and so another way to put that would be, you know, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled and continue to be filled, continue to yield to the Spirit of God who lives in you. And this is, this is really important, uh, uh, this whole thing of... of of understanding that it's not just a one-time event, this whole thing of being filled with the Spirit of God. It's not just a one-time event, but it's, this, it's an ongoing uh, a relationship. And, and it's so important because have you ever heard people use this language or uh, have you had the experience? Right? If, if, if this whole thing of the Holy Spirit, well, it just happens when you get saved or it's just a one-time experience you have after you say yes to Jesus. Right? And so what I mean is, have you ever talked to someone and they say, uh, yeah, I met Jesus in 1973. But then you sort of look at them and you say, but have you met with him since then? Right, because, because this, again, it's, it's so, it's relational. Like this, this interaction, this, this entering into a relationship with Jesus and him coming, to, the spirit of God coming to live inside us, it's not just, okay, your ticket is stamped, your sins are forgiven, and, and, you know, and you've got a ticket to heaven now, so just, just don't mess up between now and then. I think that's how we think a lot of times. Right? But the truth is, the Spirit of God, what, is, what did Jesus say in, in John? He said, it's living water flowing. Right? And to me, the picture is, and what I think we miss out on so much, is that the Spirit of God lives in us now because he, he, he wants to give life to us now. It's not just for then, it's now. He wants to fill us with living water now. And so if we just think it's, you know, it's sort of this one-time event, we sort of check that box off, and our expectation just drops to the floor. 
But see, that's why it's so important for us to realize that, that what we're being invited into is a whole new life, this side of heaven. Does that make sense? And I think we miss out on that because where, how we discover that new life is by constantly closing the circuit. Like if you're thinking, I, I don't feel like I've ever, you know, if you're thinking, how do I change? How do I grow as a Christian? You grow by yielding to, by submitting to the Spirit of God who indwells you. That's how we grow. That's how change happens in the Christian life. And that leads us to, to the third point. It's 10 o'clock. The third point is this. It's <laughs> how do we know that we are filled? It's a great question. How do we know that we're filled, indwelt? And how do I know? How do I know that I'm yielding to the Spirit of God who dwells in me. And I don't know if you remember, uh, back in April, April we did a survey uh, uh, on the Holy Spirit. And you did an awesome job. We were, we were hoping to get like 100 surveys handed in. And of the 483 adults that attended that weekend, 345 of you handed in surveys, which was awesome. And one of the questions was, have you had an experience after salvation or conversion that you believe was the infilling of the Holy Spirit? And you could either answer yes, uh, no, or not sure. And what jumped out at me was that almost a third of the surveys handed in said, I'm not sure. And so this is a really good question to ask, is how do I know? Right? Or another phrase would be, what's the evidence that I, in my life, that I'm filled with and dwelt with and yielding to the Spirit of God. And, and uh, you know, in some denominations, they would say in, uh, that, that the evidence that a person is filled and dwelt with the Holy Spirit is that they speak in tongues. And that may be new to some of you, but tongues is a spiritual gift, and it's, it's, it, it, it's, it, it's a really, mis- I think, a really mysterious gift, but, it's, but typically we see it in two ways. The gift of tongues would be Either in a known language where literally a person is through the, you know, the a gift of the Holy Spirit is able to speak in, an, in another known language. And typically it's for the purpose of evangelism where you, you know, you're, you're talking to someone in their language and you're tell them, telling them about Jesus. Or uh, it's sometimes in an unknown language. Or, you know, maybe I've heard it as a heavenly language or a, or a prayer language. And I think that's more personal where you can, you know, in, your, uh, in, that, in that relationship, prayer with the Holy Spirit. And, but uh, what we would see is um, that, that in some denominations, they would say that tongues is the evidence of the, of the Holy Spirit. And I remember in my own life, I said yes to Jesus. I, I became a follower of Jesus when I was like, I don't know, five or six years old. But uh, like I said earlier, I was totally unaware of, his, of the presence of the Holy Spirit until when I was 18, I remember being at, a, uh, at a, uh, uh, someone's home and, and they were praying and, and as I, like it literally was an event that changed my life where the Holy Spirit just you know, blew the doors off my life, if you will, and just uh, you know, filled me and dwelled me. And uh, nobody had to tell me and, and I didn't even know about this. In fact, I used to probably make fun of tongues uh, knowing me, <laughs> but at that moment when the Spirit of God came on me, this language that I'd never heard in my life just, whoa, just roared out of me, and all I remember was, was like, that's weird, but at the same time, I've, I had never felt so close to Jesus be- in my life before then. At that moment, it was like he was just right there. It was like there was nothing. He was just 
right there. And even though I didn't know what I was saying, I knew in my heart that, that what was roaring out of my mouth were praises to God. So that was my experience. That was evidence. Something really happened. Something was going on. That may or may not be your experience. But here's, here's something that's really important. Is that uh, we don't believe that tongues is the experience. But it can be. Or Sorry. We don't believe that tongues is the evidence. But it can be an evidence of the Holy Spirit's filling. See. The danger when we say it's the evidence is that potentially you're literally writing off millions of godly men and women by a statement like that. See, my own father, uh, I mean, he would be embarrassed by this, but he is a godly man. I mean, he oozes God. And I know him, and, and I've heard story after story of him, you know, really just yielding his life to God and just, and just saying whatever you want. And, 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 but I know that, because he's told me this, that he has asked God for the gift of tongues many times. But it's, it's never happened. God has never given him that gift. He has many other gifts, but God has never given him that gift of tongues. So wouldn't it be ridiculous to say that someone like that isn't filled with the Holy Spirit, indwelt with the Spirit of God? 1 Corinthians 13.1 says this, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels... But do not have love. I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. See, when we talk about evidence in a person's life, the primary work of the Holy Spirit is, you know, we're filled, we're indwelt with the Holy Spirit, and then there's that ongoing where we're yielding to Him and and submitting to, to the Spirit that indwells us. The primary work that He's wanting to do in all of our lives is to teach us how to love the way Jesus loves. That's that's the evidence. And again, Paul gives us a a lot of help in this area because in Galatians 5, he basically uh, uh, gives us a comparison of let me tell you, let me show you the evidence uh, in a person's life who is not submitted to the Spirit of God and then I'll show you the evidence in a person's life who is submitted to the Spirit of God. Galatians 5.19 says this, when you follow the desires, when you yield to, when you submit to the desires of your sinful nature, The results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, FM radio, and other sins like these. You knew it was in there. (laughs) But that's a picture. That's the evidence That's the fruit in a life that is not submitted to the Spirit of God. Then Paul goes, but let me give you a picture of someone who is. Verse 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, the evidence of the Holy Spirit's presence, the evidence of a life submitted to the presence of the Holy Spirit... Is, is this kind of fruit is growing in your life. You know, we have, um, uh, Helen and I have a, a small group at our house, and we have a couple in our group who just last year started visiting this church, and they, uh, they said yes to Jesus. They became Christians. They put their faith, they put their hope in Jesus, and a few weeks ago at our group, he was sharing, and he said, he said, uh, 
He said, you know, I've been noticing change in my life. And he shared about in his marriage. He said, you know, there were things that my wife would do that I would be really critical of. And many times I would have a really, you know, uh, sharp, uh, you know, verbal response when she would do certain things. And this last week she, <laughs> okay, you're not supposed to put your hand up and that's her afterwards, okay? But, um, but he said that uh, this happened the last week and, and when it did, he noticed that. You know, his wife did this, but he noticed that it didn't bother him. And he was like, and he noticed, he's like, wait, wait a minute, what just happened? Like, normally I would react, but I didn't react. And he's a police officer, and he, he works with some pretty rough, tough customers. And he's noticed at his job, he said, you know what, I find myself having compassion on people that I never would have had compassion on. And as he was sharing that, I, I just thought, that is awesome. That right there is the evidence of the Holy Spirit indwelling someone and that person yielding, closing the circuit, right? And, and that's the fruit that's growing in this person's life. And, you know, so you may be sitting there this morning thinking, well, you know, I'm not sure if I see that in my life. So does that mean I'm not filled, indwelt with the Holy Spirit? And, and I would say, well, no, because, I mean, again, who gets filled? Believers. Have you said yes to Jesus? I'm not saying have you stopped sinning, but have you said yes to Jesus, that I want to follow you, Jesus? Well, then the Bible says you are filled, you're indwelt with the Holy Spirit. I think where the issue is is where our part kicks in, where we trip up is the closing of the circuit. Right? So uh, um, here, here's a, uh, it's not a question of how much of God do we have, but rather how much of us does God have? See, this side of heaven, the ongoing work that the Holy Spirit will be doing in all our lives as we submit and yield to him is he's going to be pruning away the old you and grafting in more of him because he knows what he, what he made you for. So that leads us to number four. Number four is this. Why are we filled? <clears throat> Why are we filled? And I'll give you two reasons. First one is this. And it's very simple, but I think it is profound. Why are we filled with the Holy Spirit? Why does the Holy Spirit come to, you know, to dwell inside of us? And I, I believe it points to the heart of God. I believe it, point, it shows us just how incredibly relational God is. That he's like, I don't just want you to know about me. Right? I, this is how close I want to be to you, to everybody. This is how close I want to be. I want to live inside you. I want to take up residence in your heart. That's how close I want to be. I don't ever want to leave you. I, I, I always want to be with you. And I think part of the reason why we feel it is because it just, it just shows us how relational God is. Second one would be this. Jesus said in Acts 1 verse 8, he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So why are we filled? Well, we're filled so that we can be his witnesses. We're filled so that now we can partner with him in this rescue mission that he's doing on planet Earth. And when you hear the word uh, witness, being his witnesses, don't just think churchy things. Meaning, don't just think missionaries. 
or pastors or you know sharing your faith or praying for people. I mean, that's, that's true. That's, a, that's part of being witnesses. But this whole thing of being a witness is way, way, way bigger than just those things. The biggest way that we witness to others is, is, is by the way, the way that we live our lives. Our biggest witness is how we deal with the things that come our way. Our biggest witness is how we treat uh, other people. You know, just, you know, look, as, as we go through the Bible, think of all the things that God says for us to do as his followers. And, and, and here's what I mean. He says, uh, love your neighbor, love your enemy, bless those who persecute you, turn the other cheek. Children, obey your parents. Children, honor your father and mother. Fathers, don't exasperate your children. Don't be a jerk to your children. Wives, respect your husbands. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. Be anxious for nothing. Seek first the kingdom of God. Trust in God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Right? There's all these things in the Bible where God is saying, here's, here's what I want you to do. Here's the people I want you to be, and, you know, and here's what I want you to do. And you think about that. If you try to do that list, and that's just a, you know, a, sm- a short list, but if you try to do that list on your own, which I think most of us do, well, then being a Christian is going to be a drag. Won't it? I mean, I can't wait to go to church this weekend to find out where I'm failing. I don't, but that's, that's the fruit of if we try to do it on our own. And so what Jesus is saying to us in... in in verse 8, he's, he's telling us to add a phrase. Before anything that he tells us to do, he's saying, I want you to add this phrase before it. And the phrase is this. With the Holy Spirit's help, I will love my neighbor. With the Holy Spirit's help, I will love my enemy. With the Holy Spirit's help, I will obey my parents. With the Holy Spirit's help, I will respect my husband. With the Holy Spirit's help, I will love my wife uh, like Christ loves the church. With the Holy Spirit's help, I'll be anxious for nothing. Right? With the Holy Spirit's help, I will, and you just fill in the blank. Where's the area where God's saying, hey, I want you to do this? See, why are we filled? We're filled because God knows that we, will, we cannot be who he's called us to be or do what he's called us to do without the spirit of God indwelling, filling us and us ongoingly uh, uh, yielding to him. Because think about it. Without him, it's impossible. But with him, with the spirit of God and us yielding to his presence, this is all possible. Like to me, that's like, wow. I mean, I think so often we, we think of our lives through the grid of what we can do. And is it any wonder, our, our, you know, it's just we have this really small scope. But think about it. As we yield to the Spirit of God, whoa, it, just, it just blows the doors off, the potential. And for what, you know, the, the, what you, what the Spirit of God can do in and through you. So let's stand up. <clears throat> So here, here's what we're going to do. Let's just quiet ourselves. 
before the Lord, and, and, and I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit, and then we'll just wait and see what he wants to do, and um, if it helps, I'd encourage you to open your hands. It's just, it's a way of, of, of us getting more sort of, it's, it's a, say, a way of saying, I'm open to you, Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm, I'm here, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to receive from you. So let's just, just quiet ourselves. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence here. Uh, and we, we do ask that you would just come and have your way right now. Come, Holy Spirit. And, and I'm reminded, you know, Jesus, who, who, who they could see, said it's better that he goes so that you would come and live inside of us. And so I, I pray right now for each one of us in this room that you just tune us into you more. Just come, Holy Spirit. look to you to guide us this morning. We want to respond to you, but I pray you'd show us how. So here's what is going through my mind is um, I just believe there's people here today that the Lord, uh, and I'm trying to think of how to say this, that he wants to, he's just, I just saw him, he just kept saying there's so much more for you. There's just so much more. It's like, and, and, and I don't, you know, this is just how I think. It's like you've been in the parking lot of Disneyland for most of your Christian walk. And he's saying, come on in. There's just, there's so much more this side of heaven of, of walking with the Spirit of God. And, I, and, I, and, and so the sense I have is there's people here today that you're, you're just hungry for more of him. And, and maybe the way that hunger is being shown is you just, you feel flat or you're bored with being a Christian. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to, <coughs> excuse me, wants to just refresh you with his presence and stir up and just, and, and draw you into more of an adventure 
with him. Uh, there was a, uh, just another thought, and again, I just saw that picture of, of the circuit closing. And I just feel like there's people here today that you're just, you've, been, you've been made aware today that you're like, I don't know when, I, when the last time is I closed that circuit. And it's not a, it's not a shame on you. It's just, it's, you've just been working so hard under your own abilities to try to do life. And, and, and I believe the Holy Spirit wants to, you know, today what he's been saying to you is, what you need, I have. And, and this morning, just by letting someone pray, pray for you, we'll be closing the circuit for you. Um, so that's what we're going to do. That's all that comes to my mind. And uh, uh, so if, those, if any of those words res- apply to you, I just want to encourage you to come forward. Last one I just thought of. If, if when I talked about I'm not sure, right, I'm not sure if I'm filled with the Spirit of God, well, we want to pray for you because we, we want you to be sure that you're, you're filled with the Spirit of God. And so uh, those three, if that's you, just come on up. JT's going to lead us in a song, and uh, someone will come and pray for you. And I'd encourage those that pray, just, just invite the Holy Spirit and just wait for a bit. And just let him come to people. So come on up and then uh, get some prayer. Make sure everyone has someone praying for them. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Your presence, Lord. Your presence. 
Thank you for your presence. Just bless all the ways that you're coming close and uh, just becoming more real to people. And I pray that just that truth that you, uh, you're a father that when, whenever you ask your kids to do something, that you give us everything we need to do it. And I pray for us as, as, a, as a church, as a, as a community, that we would, would uh, get more in touch with your spirit who lives in us. Lord, uh, teach us how to, how to close that circuit, circuit. Teach us how to lean into you, how to yield to you and... And just and increasingly in our lives, throughout our days, as we just go about our, you know, all the stuff of life, that we would be more and more in the flow of what you're doing. Lord, I thank you that your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. What you have called us to is doable because you have given us what we need to do it. So I pray that you would really drive that home. I thank you for each one here. I thank you for this series. And I just, again, say, oh, Holy Spirit, come teach us more about yourself. Come teach us how to follow you. Teach us how to lean and depend on you. I thank you for each one that's here. I just pray a blessing on each family and each circumstance, each struggle, each challenge. I pray that uh, we would look at it and say, with the Holy Spirit's help, I will. And then whatever the issue or whatever you're calling us to, uh, just come and be the, the fuel of our lives. 
We just thank you for your presence here in Jesus' name. Amen.